0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought
1: to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
2: Oh, you thought it was a democracy? Well, the jury, oh, I mean, the Supreme Court is still out on that one. Tonight on Laura Coates Live. Well, it's morning in London and they woke up with a king. Well, guess what, America? You could be going to bed with one. That's if the Supreme Court hands Donald Trump a get-out-of-jail-free card. After all, what is a king? Someone who answers to no one, can do what he wants, and well, who's gonna check him, boo? In a democracy, the answer is supposed to be the other two branches of government, right? You know, the the co-equal branches, the whole checks and balances thing. It's all coming back to us now, right? I mean, it's easy to forget these days when the Supreme Court just announced it's going to take up the question of whether a president has absolute immunity. And no, they're not treating that as some kind of rhetorical question. They're actually going to hear arguments, arguments as to whether a president is untouchable. Now, we don't know how they're going to rule, but the arguments that were raised by Trump's lawyers in the Court of Appeals were, well, one, the only way you can criminally prosecute a former president for criminal conduct while in office was if that president had first been impeached and convicted. And two, if you tried impeachment first, you can't pursue criminal action because somehow, without any basis in the law, you would violate double jeopardy. You remember the hypotheticals we heard about? Trump's lawyers saying that a president could possibly order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate his political rival? Really? But oh, it, it is on. On the docket for an oral argument at the end of April. Now the Supreme Court's term, you know it ends in June. Now that's their actual deadline for when they have to give you an answer. But guess what, I, I bet you want an answer sooner, don't you? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be helpful? No, wait, wouldn't that be super? As in Super Tuesday, when millions of you are going to be casting your primary votes? Well, Super Tuesday is in what, six days? You're not getting an answer by then. Let's be honest, you might not get an answer before Trump is expected to cinch that, clinch that nomination. Now I should look into getting one of those maybe white barrister wigs that the Brits wear in court, just in case the Supreme Court got Hamilton's King George Third song stuck in its head.
3: You'll be back, soon you'll see. Remember,
2: you belong to me. you be We know who belongs to us. His and his beautiful mind. I want to bring in CNN senior justice correspondent, Evan Paris. You just followed King George. How does that feel? <laughs> I mean,
3: not, it doesn't get better than it that. It doesn't get
2: better than that. Right. But let me ask you, walk me through the court's decision today, because it stunned a lot of people, one, because the timing of it right. and the fact that they were going to take it up.
3: Right. I mean, it's been three weeks since the D.C. Appeals Court rejected the former, uh, the former president's immunity claims and said he was Citizen Trump now, and so he's not entitled to that immunity, uh, especially because some of the things he's accused of doing, right, were not related to his job. And so now the Supreme Court, after having decided back in December that they weren't going to take this up, Jack Smith went to them in December and said, because of the importance of this question, uh, this immunity question and the fact that everyone knew this was going to come back to them. He asked for the court to take it up then, and they rejected it then. Uh, so now what he the told court- Told
2: me to wait for the lower court to right, rule on it, right? To go,
3: to, go th- to wait for the lower court to rule. And now the lower court has ruled. They've waited three weeks. And now what we, what they've said today is that they are going to take this up. They've extended the stay- uh, which means that the the case is paused indefinitely, and they've they've scheduled oral arguments not like next couple of weeks or in like you know later late next month. No, in almost two months from now, mm-hmm. they've scheduled oral arguments. And so again, as you pointed out, that timeline puts it. You know, their their term ends in in June. It's likely possible that that's when we're going to hear a, a decision. And as you pointed out, you know, the calendar is is. You know, disappearing, right? Uh, the, the former president is likely to be the uh, the, the Republican nominee mm-hmm. by July, and and then his calendar the calendar here is, is getting eaten up by other cases, including ones in New York, and and of course uh, the one that is pending in Atlanta. So, look, in the end, what this means is that it's very likely um, that by the time this is all worked out, and if he loses the appeal and it goes back to Judge Chutkin in Washington that we're not gonna see a resolution of this before the December election before the November election.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the other trials right. that are on the horizon. I mean you've got the Fulton County and we right. we know what's happening down there with disqualification. Right. We've got or the pending request to disqualify. That's yeah. not a certainty. We know what's happened with Alvin Bragg on March twenty fifth, an election their election interference case that's right. billed as also hush money. Um, does this impact those other cases as well? You think the timing, because these are not federal cases.
3: They're not federal cases, so uh, ostensibly, they do not affect those. But let me tell you, the other one that's still in waiting in the wings is the documents case, mm-hmm. classified documents case. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hearing on Friday where we were anticipating that the judge was going to address a, a trial date. Right now, that's penciled in for, for May. No one thinks that that's going to happen in May. But Laura, I mean, one of the big questions in that case is also his, his claim of immunity in right. that case. Right. So it, it is almost certain that the judge there, uh, who's been very favorable to the former president, um, will, ex- will put that off as well. Because while the Supreme Court is waiting to hear this, uh, it, it's not clear how she can go forward on at least some of the questions that are pending there.
2: Sounds like Trump has gotten a lot of what he wants.
3: He's, you know, to, to quote DJ Khaled, all he does is win, 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 <laughs> right? And,
2: well, no matter gotta what.
3: Be, and he's got to be happy right now, and, and that's what we've seen from him tonight.
2: Well, we will see. And I wonder, is DJ Khaled going to make an appearance? That would, that would make this whole universe complete <laughs> today in many respects. Evan Perry, King, thank you so much. D. King George and DJ King George, DJ Khaled, you mm-hmm. know... Laura live. I want to bring in Rick Hessen. He is a professor of law and political science and director of the Safeguarding Democracy Project at the UCLA School of Law. He's also the author of A Real Right to Vote, How a Constitutional Amendment Can Safeguard American Democracy. Rick, don't worry, I won't ask you for some song you're going to sing or some artist we're going to reference tonight. Instead, I'm just going to get right to the heart of the matter because you wrote this article today, questioning why the Supreme Court took so long to decide to even hear this immunity case. Why do you think they have taken this long?
4: Well, you know, the court's really an opaque institution, so we can only guess. And so I I came up with three guesses. One is there was some bargaining going on behind the scenes. Remember, there's a disqualification case uh, out of Colorado where Trump's trying to be kicked off the ballot. Maybe there was going to be some horse trading there and it didn't work out. Second thing is maybe a justice was dragging their feet, trying to delay things to run out the clock to help Trump. Most likely is that the Supreme Court just goes on its own schedule and lets the chips fall where they may. And so if they decide, you know, it's this is when we want to hear it. the end of April, we'll issue an opinion likely at the end of June. And if there's not enough time for Trump to be put on trial for election interference before the election, so be it. And so it's just kind of a... I think not giving the American people all of the information that they would want before they have to vote in November.
2: I mean, so be it really translates to limbo, right? That's what you're leaving people in. And it doesn't just mean with respect to whether Trump, but it's also about the state of our institutions. I mean, the checks and balances, that's very much part of our whole democracy. That seems to be on pause and a state of limbo as well.
4: Yeah, I think that's true. And especially because, you know, uh, Colorado had its own procedure. They determined that Trump was disqualified in their state to run. And that's likely to be reversed given the timing that we've seen and the oral argument of the Supreme Court there. Uh, you know, the classified documents case been slowed down. So to the extent that people want to get some judgment about Trump's performance as president, something from the court, something where a jury is going to weigh in, that, that Hush Money case is really about his pre-presidential conduct It's really not as serious as some of these other charges. And so I I feel like uh, with this step by the Supreme Court today, we are just much less likely to know, you know, the full extent of what Trump did as judged by a jury of his peers before people have to vote.
2: Isn't that concerning? Or I would think it would be concerning to say Justice Roberts, who knows the credibility of the court, the perception that somehow they are, you know, paving the streets with gold for Donald Trump or that they are somehow greasing the wheels, that's a perception that they've got to counter, and now this does, to some, feel like that.
3: Well,
4: you know, what the court is likely to do, I think, in the uh, immunity uh, decision, which they probably won't issue, as we said, till the end of June, is they're gonna side against Trump. So it's gonna look like a big loss for Donald Trump. He can be put on trial, he does not have immunity. But because it's gonna take months to Mm -hmm. gear things up, It's very hard for me to imagine the the, the trial taking place in the middle of the general election period when Trump's supposed to be debating his opponent and going out and campaigning. So we may run out the clock uh, in the end after all.
2: Rick Hasen, thank you so much. Thank you. Now I want to bring in CNN legal analyst Norm Eisen, who was House Judiciary Special Counsel in then-President Trump's first impeachment trial. Also here tonight, Tiffany R. Wright, a former law clerk for Justice Sonia Sotomayor. So happy to have both of you here. Nice to see you. I mean, I want to start with you, Tiffany, on this, because the, the court itself, the credibility, I mean, it can't be overstated. When someone believes that the court is greasing the wheels of delay, maybe not ultimately finding for him, That's a problem for the legitimacy of the court. Absolutely.
5: I'm reminded of the moment in the argument in Dobbs where the court overruled Roe versus Wade where Justice Sotomayor says, how will this institution survive this stench? And Mm. there's been so much stench coming from the court since that decision and, frankly, before it. And I imagine that tonight Chief Justice Roberts finds himself in a position that I don't envy, where I think... Part of what may be happening is he had two options, right? The court could have affirmed the decision below. There were probably votes for that. to just say no absolute immunity, period. Or grant a stay, delay, 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 consider it in the normal course. And so this may be somewhat of a middle position, a compromise that gets us still some delay that might interrupt the election, but not the permanent delay that perhaps some folks wanted. So Maybe that's a silver lining, that this is somewhat a middle choice, but absolutely um, more stench coming from the court.
2: I mean, more stench, Norm, hate turned you on that, but the idea of thinking about it, right? Tiffany has a great point in that, you know, this court is not trying to cut off its nose despite its face. At the same token, though, do you really think this court is going to come up with a different conclusion than the Court of Appeals on whether a president is untouchable?
6: The answer... To the question presented in today's order of whether and to what extent a president has immunity for criminal prosecution based on his official acts cannot be anything other than no. If they were to say yes in answering this question presented, and I think part of the delay was negotiating, there's a lot packed in this question. if they were to, to extend this immunity, they would be falling into the SEAL Team 6 ordering assassination hypothetical. Wait, let's play that. Because
2: I want to remind people, because every time we, we allude to it, like, I want to remind people how that sounded. And just think to yourself what that would be like coming from the, the voice of a Supreme Court justice. Listen to this.
7: Did a president order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival? That's an official act in order to seal Team 6?
6: He he would have to be and would speedily be, you know, uh, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal prosecution.
7: Yes or no question, could a president who ordered seal Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached, would he be subject to criminal
0: prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first.
7: So so, so your answer is
0: is, is, My answer is qualified, Yes.
2: Qualified, yes. But can you imagine?
6: Nobody in the history of the 235-year history of the United States of America, no president has ever been impeached and convicted. Mm -hmm. I know how tough it is, because I was counsel in the first impeachment. That is essentially Sauer's answer was there is no recourse if a president orders a political assassination. And Laura, you know part of the reason that they are not gonna allow this? Because if Trump gets back in office and he doesn't like what they do, he'll send SEAL Team Six for the United States Supreme Court. Oh, God. This is a recipe for dictatorship, but the substance is not the issue. It's the timing, it's the delay, and it's the question, are our democratic institutions in the United States of America in 2024 up to this challenge of autocracy that is represented not just by this Mm -hmm. position, but Trump has, I wrote a piece this week, hundreds, hundreds of statements that he wants to bring autocracy to America. He says it almost every day.
2: Tiffany, let me hear from you because you have been a clerk at the Supreme Court um, under Justice Sonia Sotomayor. And I wonder behind the scenes what you think is is the calculus right now as to why, one, it would take two weeks to decide to take this out. And two, why do you think they wanted a bite at this apple?
5: Well, I think the first thing I point out is we know that the court can move quickly when it wants to. So, in when the California, the Colorado Supreme Court removed President Trump from the ballot, Mm -hmm. they got the surposition on January 3rd. They decided to hear the case on January 5th. Mm. They set argument for a month later. Here, they get it, they sit on it for two weeks, they set argument for seven weeks later. So you have to ask, what is the reason for the delay? And I think it is exactly what I said in the beginning, is you have some members of the court who are willing to hand the election to President Trump by delaying, others are not. And the question is, what wing is going to win? Where are we going to
2: come out? Is the question in terms of, do do they think in some way this was Merrick Garland's issue? This was for the Attorney General to decide it long ago. We're in this predicament now, in the sense of the timing up against the calendar, that look, this isn't just
5: up to us. I'm not going to take the blame off of the court because they deserve plenty of it. But I will say that the Department of Justice bears some of the blame. It should not have taken two plus years to investigate and get to an indictment on facts that we knew before the president left office, right? We all saw what happened on January 6th. And so I think DOJ has to take some of the blame, but I don't wanna take the focus off of the shame and the game that the court is playing.
6: It's very important to bear in mind the calendar, but also not just to look at the challenges and the hurdles, but the possibilities Mm -hmm. in the calendar. What happens? Will the Supreme Court uh, decide this in US v. Nixon? They issued a decision in three weeks. It's possible that they could decide it more quickly. They could. Will Judge Chetkin, when she gets it back, how quickly or slowly will she move? How long will the trial take uh, if she does move it up? It's too soon to say that pessimism is the order of the day. We can be skeptical. It's challenging. It's an uphill battle. But there is possibilities here, too. And I think it's very important that all Americans speak up about that. The American people want an answer to this question. Did Donald Trump abuse the powers criminally that he's seeking to regain? People are entitled to know the answer to that question.
2: Well, Norm Eisen, a grand jury, wanted that question posed. To an actual trial jury. We will see what happens. Norm Eisen telling us to exercise patience in the instant gratification generation, which I am a part of. Thank you very much. Norm Eisen, (laughs) Tiffany Wright, nice to see you. Thank you for coming. What happens if the Supreme Court hands Donald Trump that sort of get out of jail free card or maybe get out of trial free card is more like it? Next, a man who can tell us. Michael Cohen's here.
0: This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person.
2: The Supreme Court will now decide whether Donald Trump may claim immunity in special counsel Jack Smith's election subversion case. Argument are set to begin on April 22nd. It's frankly just what Trump wanted, saying this on Truth Social tonight. Quote, legal scholars are extremely thankful for the Supreme Court's decision today. I want to bring in Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. He's also a principal at Crisis X, host of podcasts Mea Culpa and Political Beatdown. And, of course, the New York Times best-selling author of Revenge, How Donald Trump Weaponized the United States Department of Justice Against His Critics. Michael, thank you so much for being here today. I, I have to get your reaction initially to mm. this announcement from SCOTUS. He thinks it's a win. Many believe it, in fact, is for him just having the delay. Do you think Trump is nervous at all, though, about why he wanted this kicked down the road?
8: Yeah, he's nervous about everything, and he has the right to feel so. Uh, I mean, think about, I mean, here in New York, it, that's just one of the many legal issues that's currently confronting the former president. I mean, I think we can't ignore the fact that Our attorney general, our unsinkable attorney general, Tish James here, just achieved a fantastic result in repatriating more than a half a billion dollars back to the great state of New York. And more importantly, for thanking me for being a catalyst of bringing this case to the courtroom. So he has a lot of reasons to be nervous right now. And that's just one of them. Let's not forget March 25th. We're starting now the Manhattan district attorney case, which is not civil, but criminal. So yeah, he may delay one, but the other ones are still moving forward. I wanna get
2: back to immunity in just one second, but you mentioned this case, Letitia James um, was overseeing, and Trump has now admitted that he does not have the cash, does not have the cash to pay this $454 million civil fraud judgment. It all goes away at the core of whether he truly is rich and successful and as, as rich as he says. Do you think that he is embarrassed by any of this or is this part of, well, savvy business dealings?
8: Well, of course he's embarrassed because his entire net worth, the constant reiteration that I'm worth at least 10 billion, maybe even more, obviously goes to his id, his ego, his super ego, and that's now super deflated because it's just not true. They had to acknowledge that they don't have it. You know, it wasn't that long ago that he stood on the stand and he told everybody that he was worth many, many, many billions of dollars and that he has very low debt to um, to ratio, uh, to value ratio. And that he was very very cash rich well we know that that's just yet another lie that was told by trump i mean who's he gonna do what's he gonna call like uh, jg wentworth and say you know i need cash now how was he gonna raise more than this half a billion dollars that he well, owes uh in order to be able to file an appeal
2: well the judge granted him the ability to apply for loans again from new york banks but you make a good point can he find a lender who wants to do business with him?
8: Well, that, and that's something that everybody needs to keep an eye out for. Where is he going to get this money? Lenders will not give it to him. Number one, there's outstanding mortgages on these assets. They don't want to have to be in a position to take the assets and then start to sell them in order to recoup their money. It's a big job, especially in light of the market right now. But more importantly, what we need to really watch out is where the money is going to come from. Is it going to come from Saudi Arabia? Is it going to come somehow back channel from Putin or some other autocratic Mm. alleged friend of Donald Trump, that's the most important thing because what it does is it jeopardizes America's national security. Well,
2: you can go all the way back, frankly, to the beginning of his presidential term when there were questions about emoluments, questions about his tax returns, a source of income. (laughs) This is really coming full circle in a way, the accusations. But let's get back to this immunity issue because it's a really big one today. I remember not too long ago, people would say they were going to be a part of his administration because they wanted to be the so-called adult in the room. If that happens again, if he is the president again, I'm not sure who that would be. But on the question of immunity, Michael, what do you think a second Trump term will look like if he has absolute immunity?
8: It's going to look exactly like what we see takes place in Russia with Vladimir Putin or North Korea with Kim Jong-un or in China with Xi Jinping. It's going to be exactly the same thing. The America's democracy that we have, you know, that we have grown to love and the beacon of the world, as it, you know, as far as democracy is concerned, will be lost because, again, I don't want this to come off sounding hyperbolic from Michael Cohen, right, former personal attorney to the president. These are the words of Donald Trump himself that on day one, he wants to rewrite the Constitution. On day one, he wants to um, destroy the tripartite system of government to get rid of the power of the legislative branch and the judiciary and confer all power onto the executive branch, meaning himself. Will he pardon himself? Absolutely he will. And who's going to be there to stop him? The sycophants that are fu- that are gonna sign some sort of pledge or loyalty oath that he's going to require of everyone that's going to work in any sort of position in his administration? This is not the America that, that we all grew up with. I can assure you on that.
2: Well, that's the big question, right? We were talking about absolute immunity it disrupts the very notion of our checks and balances. It turns us back into, well, exactly what I thought the Founding Fathers did not want in terms of a monarchy, and that goes for anyone who's in the White House. Michael Cohen, thank you so much.
8: Really good to see you, Laura.
2: Now, if Trump were granted absolute immunity, what would that mean for a system of those very checks and balances we were talking about? Would the White House be more akin to a King's council? We'll discuss what's at at stake next. Well, tonight, the Supreme Court agreed to hear Donald Trump's claim of absolute immunity in Special Counsel Jack Smith's election subversion case. His lawyers have argued that he's immune from criminal charges and cannot be prosecuted unless, of course, he's first impeached and convicted. And we all know he wasn't convicted in either of his two impeachments. But I want to take you back. Stroll with me down a bit of memory lane, shall we? Listen to what Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said after Trump was acquitted in his second impeachment trial in the Senate.
6: We have a criminal justice system in this country. We have civil litigation. And former presidents are not immune from being accountable by either one. I believe the Senate was not, was right, not to grab power the Constitution doesn't give us.
2: I want to bring in Maryland Democratic Congressman Glenn Ivey, a member of the House Judiciary Committee. He's also a former federal prosecutor and served as counsel to Senator Paul Sarbanes during the Whitewater investigations. The perfect person to have and talk about this. You heard McConnell talk about, it's up to the courts really, but of course their argument says, no, no, unless you convict, it can't be up to the courts. And here the Supreme Court is grappling with it.
9: Yeah, I guess McConnell didn't realize how many times Donald Trump was going to be indicted. Mm-hmm. But uh, here we are. Uh, and the irony is that this is sort of the recipe to a totally escape accountability by the Trump team. So they, they raised that argument when the impeachment and trial were moving forward. Now Then they argued that you know, he can't be criminally charged unless he's been impeached. And you know, now they're, just, they're saying he's got absolute immunity. So it's, it's incredible. It's very disappointing Supreme Court took the path that it did today. I, I can't say I'm shocked, but um, it, it's it's tragic in the direction that the court's taking
4: these I days.
2: mean, a circuitous path, right? They could have taken the issue right away when Jack Smith first asked. We knew it was going to get to the Supreme Court, right? Now he, they did it in this moment in time. But the irony for me, looking at Minority Leader Mitch McConnell talk about this and leave it to the courts, well, the Supreme Court is comprised of the people that's on it now, particularly the most recent nominees, because Merrick Garland is the AG, not a Supreme Court justice.
9: Yeah, I mean Mitch McConnell had a huge hand in that. Uh, Donald Trump took full advantage of it as well. Uh, And I think it's unfortunate that we have the, the court as divided and slanted basically as it is right now. I think this is the most political and partisan that I can recall the court in my lifetime. And it's having an impact because they, unfortunately this is the time when we've got a president who's willing to test every limit, push everything, push the envelope, break every, you know, whatever. He's doing all of those. And I think they're gonna have, what they have three Supreme Court cases with Trump right now or something? And you know, you all showed the the trial, the court schedule that's coming Mm -hmm. up and he's already got the sexual assault finding and you know, the fraud findings, all that stuff. Um, And he's not even halfway through. So bad merger between a permissive court that I guess feels like there's things it needs to do uh, for Donald Trump, like let the clock run out and a guy who will take every advantage and, and uh, abuse every process.
2: Let's follow that thread, Congressman, because if Donald Trump were to become the president of the United States again, or frankly, if anyone is the president at any point in time, what happens to checks and balances if a president gets absolute immunity? Your job becomes obsolete, frankly.
9: Well, and it becomes dangerous too, I suppose. I mean, the Judge Pan at the DC circuit court level said, well, you know, could the president have team, seem, uh, seal Team Six, assassinate one of his rivals? And they wouldn't say no. I mean, they basically said, you know, a qualified yes or something Which like that. Which was beyond
2: absurd to and me.
9: It's astonishing. But that's where they left it. They also didn't rule out other possibilities that the court noted, um, like, you know, bribery, for example. One of the real ones, though, that's in the indictment was, um, you know, the, the fake electors. Uh, that they were going to swap out. At one point, I don't know if this is in any of the indictments or not, but he was talking to uh, uh, Esper, the Secretary of Defense, and Milley, the general, um, and talking about having them seize ballot boxes. So you know, this is a guy that was pushed back by some of the people who were there at the time. But if you give him carte blanche like this and the Supreme Court approval, basically, I I don't know that he's going to recognize any lines. In fact, if he gets reelected, I don't know that he'll recognize any lines anyway.
2: What's so interesting to me about what you said in particular is you remind us that in all the cases that are being talked about, no one's talking about the underlying allegations, right? With Fannie Willis, it's about his qualification. In conversations in Mar-a-Lago, it's about immunity. In the January 6th case here in Washington, DC, again, similarities to that, they're not talking about what the American people want, which is the conclusion by a jury as to guilt.
9: Yeah, there's a lot of people, and reasonably so, uh, who to, want to know uh, whether he's guilty or not of those charges. From my perspective, just the mere fact that these allegations are there and substantiated, at least beyond, you know, to a probable cause standpoint, is more than enough for people to say, you know, I don't think we want this guy in the White House again. But for some people, they, they want to know what that verdict would be. And OK, I think they have a right to hear it, I suppose. And I think it does make sense to resolve these cases, especially that one. Uh, prior to the election, so the Supreme Court taking two weeks to make a decision about whether they want to hear it or not, then setting the oral argument seven weeks later, talking about a, a you know issuing a, a ruling in June when if you look at say Bush v. Gore, where they did all of this in a matter of like weeks altogether, and the, I think the turnaround between the oral argument and the ruling was like a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be doing that here. This case is similar in fact it 's just as important, if not more important than that one. And I think there's a real sense of urgency that's lacking on the court's part right now.
2: That's okay, I mean, democracy is just in the balance zone. Why, why be urgent now, yeah. Congressman? Why, why be urgent now? Thank you for being here. I appreciate it so much.
9: Thanks for having me.
2: On top of the Supreme Court taking up the issue of immunity, there's another state that's now kicking Trump off the ballot. So what are the voters gonna make of all of this? We'll talk about it next. And then there were three. Well, in the avalanche of news on Trump's legal perils, Illinois now becoming the latest state to boot Trump off of the ballot. A judge citing the old 14th Amendment insurrectionist ban in her ruling. Now, remember, Colorado was the first state to make the move with Maine following. Now, the Illinois decision is paused and Trump has a short period of time to appeal. Joining me now, host of the Can We Please Talk? podcast mike leon also CNN political commentator karen fitty so can we please please talk for a second <laughs> you know what i'm saying right now it. I'm you. it's been quite a day <laughs> yes. um the supreme court weighing into all of this and remember super tuesday we've all heard of it is yes. coming on tuesday what? It, it's it. all right, happening? Oh. i know and voters are not going to have the answers to many a question about <laughs> this and that's an impact for voters is it not
10: I mean, it depends on which voters you talk to. You know, you both know I live in a red state, so uh, they all think this is all politically motivated. Uh, one data point that I noticed the other day, this was a great article that was in The Hill. Uh, Noble Predictive Insights did something on Arizona voters. You saw, saw that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you guys are
2: both nerds. Uh, what? Like, whoa, what are we talking whoa. about? We, 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 we read oh, so that crazy.
10: poll. Yeah, we both <laughs> read that. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I like that you knew it. it, you? Yeah. you knew it already, all right. Well, but in that, that poll, that I agree, I agree. Arizona, less than 10,000 votes, right, for Joe Biden are in that margin and all of the voters there are aware of the charges, but they're split on how this works. Right. 30% think it's politically motivated, 35% think he didn't do anything. 34% were actually waiting to see the results of it. So yeah. we, we, we really don't know what we don't know. It depends on who you talk to.
7: And it's interesting, because remember in our own CNN polling, we saw this in January. We started to see people as we were asking the question, okay, if he's convicted, how do you feel? And people said it, it would change their vote. Um, NPR, uh, PBS NPR did a poll that showed 51 percent of of likely voters, so all parties, both parties, would vote for Biden if he's convicted. So it definitely gives Biden a bump. But to your point, Laura, I think it's, you know, it is a big deal that people won't have the answer to a really important question that they deserve to know before they cast their ballot in terms of, I mean, to many of us, we think it's pretty obvious what happened Uh, on January 6th, but there's a lot we don't even know. And that's part of why I actually think even if we can't have the resolution of the case, I think the information that will be coming out as it proceeds, hopefully that will at least give people an opportunity to have a at
10: least a picture of what was going on and what was his role. Can I say just one thing, just as an outside observer to all this, even though I minored in criminal justice at Rutgers, so I (laughs) think I'm a lawyer. Um, There is a lot, right, exactly, Rutgers. Uh, There is probably a lot of people that have been watching this network or other networks, and they see so many legal analysts, and almost the, it's not so much an overkill of it, but it's like, I don't understand any of this. I want to wait to see when it plays out. And in that same Mm -hmm. poll, there was like 40 to 41% of moderates that were saying, you know what, I'm just going to wait for the process to play out. Let me see what the courts decide before I vote. You yeah. and I, we think it's wild no, I think to that's, wait, but it's they want to wait.
7: And in a couple other what? polls, people said they wanted to see what the court, what happened.
2: Well, I have my own poll. I can join the nerds. <laughs> okay, so I right. right. Let's, what you see. Got. Let's see. Okay, you there, you go. there you go. It was a CNN poll. It was a, whether there was a verdict before 2024. Check this out. The question was, should a federal trial on Trump election charges be resolved resolved before 2024. Yes, some said it was essential, 48%. Some said, yeah, but not essential. Some said no, and 25% said it doesn't matter. Now, again, that's just the idea of it being resolved, not starting with the calendar we have right now. So I wonder if for some who are supportive of Trump also would want this to be resolved, because then it just puts it in the rearview mirror. You know, he's going to be able to sort of do this with his hands at the end of the day. But if his campaign is, witch hunt. That is currency you can't get if it's resolved. Correct. Although,
7: thankfully, since there's, what, 91 counts, I think he's, something's not going resol- right. to be resolved. But you're exactly right. I mean, it, he has made it a centerpiece of his campaign. And the other thing about Trump, though, it's pretty baked in. If people, I think how they feel about him, what they think they know about him is pretty hardened. Mm-hmm. I think what is probably malleable, again, is those moderates and independents who we haven't had him tweeting at us all day, every day for a while. It's when they start to hear and remember the chaos that
10: I think it may shift their vote. Uh, I agree. I got asked this the other day about, are we seeing something right now with all of the voters that are turning out? Like, is this indicative of the larger? No, of course not. These are all Republican primary voters. It's negative 27 degrees. I got to go vote for (laughs) Donald Trump. Like, that, that may not happen in the general when it comes to moderates and independents. And the data's proving that right now. Now, Joe Biden has his own stuff. We've seen, you know, with the, uh, um, I forget the name of the vote that happened in Michigan, uncommitted. Uncommitted. Thank you, that's right. Everybody should know that after watching you 2 last night, put on a clinic of that. Uh, So uncommitted vote, we're seeing that, how that's gonna play out, how that's gonna affect what takes turns with Hamas just not agreeing to the ceasefire. Like all of these things are gonna play themselves out.
2: I do wonder that balance, which has the harder hill to climb, Biden on foreign policy, Trump on his legal issues, we'll have to wait and see. Karen, Mike, thank you both so much. Next, a story I don't want to get lost in the Trump of it all tonight. The one story that won't use his name tonight is after this. We've been covering a lot of major Trump legal developments tonight, but while that's all been unfolding at a very dramatic pace, it's not the only story tonight. In fact, there are two that I want to bring to your attention on a topic that I i Am very passionate about. Just a few hours ago, the state of Texas executed death row inmate Ivan Cantu, a man who maintained his innocence for 20 years until his very last breath. He, now, he was kicked the killing of his cousin and the cousin's fiance back in 2000, but Cantu said that he was framed and deprived of a fair trial. Many advocates had claimed prosecutorial misconduct, an ineffective defense, and, recanted witness testimony as reason to stop the execution. Earlier this week, both Texas appeals court and a federal appeals court denied requests for a stay. His attorney did not appeal to the Supreme Court saying there was no viable path forward. Cantu's execution happening just hours after a botched lethal injection in Idaho. They had to stop the execution of serial killer Thomas Creech after they failed to set an IV line. They tried eight times. The team, the medical team, citing what they called access issues in some instances and vein quality issues in others. His death warrant will expire and the state will now have to consider the next steps. It would have been Idaho's first execution in 12 years. Thank you all for watching.